the wrestling life. Hey everybody, it's the Wrestling Life. It's episode 249. It's October 29th, 2020. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many things we can't talk about right here on the first and only wrestling podcast. You know, the podcast came along and we were like, you know, there should be a podcast about wrestling. And we remain the first and only podcast about wrestling. It's correct. It's, you know, it's hard to believe, but, you know, big, big, strong motorcycle guys, they come up to me with tears in their eyes all the time. And they say, thank you for being the first and only wrestling podcast. <laughs> you know, firemen, <laughs> soldiers, big, strong motorcycle guys, they all come up to me with tears in their eyes and they thank me for, thank me, thank you for being the first and only wrestling podcast hosts. Do they ever compliment you on your bravery? That's right, they do. They talk about how much braver I am than them. And and, and it, this is their opinion, of course, but they say I'm braver than most of the troops. And, you know, I... <laughs> Who am I to disagree with these big, strong firemen who tell me I'm braver than all the troops? (laughs) All right. Well, now that we've done more than enough shtick, (laughs) Hell in a Cell was this past weekend. Uh, You know, kind of a kind of a fun night for me. Sasha Banks. Hello, Ethan. It is your girl, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Won the uh, SmackDown Women's title and had the best match of the night. Um, Other than that. I thought there's a lot of meh on Hell in a Cell. Wasn't uh, it's funny? Like you get you you watch these two and a half hour New Japan shows, or you watch, you know, we've had like two two and a half hour WWE pay per views over the last six or eight months, and then this one went like three hours, and yet mm-hmm. somehow somehow it felt like it went for days. Uh, <laughs> what did you what did you think of Hell in a Cell? Yeah, I thought. Almost everything, maybe everything went too long. <laughs> um, and there was some good. Uh, I think most people did performed their roles to the best of their abilities. Um, <laughs> and I would agree that I think the Sasha and Bailey match was the best thing on the show. It's funny, I didn't actually watch the show live. Um, so I caught up on it uh, a couple days later and... It's interesting, I think, watching a show when you know the results, because that I feel like that's the true way to tell if something is good. <laughs> because if you're not if you're not at all wrapped up in like the the drama of the near falls or, or can you still get wrapped up in that drama if you know what the finish is and who won every match? And uh, I would say Sasha and Bailey did a good job. I think that was Sasha's second best Hell in a Cell match. But okay. I I understand that if you are a big fan of Sasha Banks and you are looking at her career compared to the career of the other three horsewomen, uh, she has had the least amount of big moments like this, I feel. And so I understand where if, if you have a bit more of a personal stake in it, this might have been a bigger deal to you than just to me, someone who thinks who's fine with Sasha Banks, but doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily live and die with 
with her successes and her character's successes and failures on television. So I might not be the right guy to ask about it. Like I said, I thought it was good, maybe a tad too long, but I thought they worked really hard and played their roles well and did some really creative stuff. I do generally live or die based <laughs> on uh, the successes of her television character. And I would also say that it's her second best Hell in a Cell match. Okay. Okay. Uh, That's I, not a knock on that. I just really, no. I really loved that, that that one with Becky. Like I thought that was one of Becky's best matches ever. I think it might have been Becky's best match ever. <laughs> to that one or the one those two had in NXT together. Um, yeah. I think. Well, uh, Becky had a banger with Charlotte too at some point. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, yeah. No, uh, no qualms. Uh, the 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 Becky match last year did not go too long. And I think yes, you could you could argue that this one went too long, but I, I thought it was great. Uh, Randy Orton won the WWE title, and um, I don't know if you remember, we went to a house show in like December of 2010, and Randy Orton was the WWE champion, and The Miz was Mr. Money in the Bank, or maybe Miz had even won the title by that point. I forget. Uh, yeah, uh, I think Miz had just won the title. Yeah, but so so like November 2010, uh, Miz was Mr. Money in the Bank. Randy Orton was WWE Champion. Ten years later, Miz is Mr. Money in the Bank. Randy Orton is WWE Champion. Did you see this as more of Vince just going to his guys? Or are they done with Drew? (laughs) Um, Is it just we got to push Orton. Like I wasn't sure exactly how to read that other than drew won every match of the feud, except apparently the blow off. <laughs> yep. Beat them clean like 18 times and they just kept wrestling. Yeah. And finally Randy beat him, um, <laughs> in a very, very long match. Um, yeah, I, I look at this as, it's going to be Randy Orton and Edge for that title at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So, and then maybe Miz is Edge's feud after WrestleMania. Oh, that doesn't or, sound like the matches would be very good. No, it doesn't. Or maybe Miz will just cash in on TV and lose. Like, who knows? They could <laughs> it could be any number of a thousand things. They could move him back to SmackDown if they want, and he could cash in on Roman and lose to Roman or something like they could, they could do a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I feel bad. I think as someone who a longtime listener will know is not a huge Drew McIntyre fan. I think I can say that he improved in the role. I don't, I still don't see him as like a, perennial top guy you build your company around star i just don't think he has the personality for that but i think he solidified himself as like a top guy like if he won the belt back in six months or a year or whatever i wouldn't be like oh god why are they going back to this guy now i'd be like yeah okay that's fine whatever so i mean that's improvement right i've gone from not liking him to more of a (laughs) numb indifference (laughs) Yeah, I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll chalk that up as a win for Drew. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's Randy Orton and Edge is the direction because, because those guys are stars. And 
you know, Drew's been the champion for six months, and gosh darn it, he hasn't pulled us out of this tailspin. Um, and so, yeah, Vincent Brother Love want to go back to the uh, the sure hand, even though Randy Orton was the one main eventing most of those Raws when they were doing record lows earlier in the summer. Um, but for some <laughs> reason, we remember around that part and just decide that it. I guess it must have been Drew's fault. It's oh. Uh, like if I mean, so they're paying Edge, you know, whatever the number is two million dollars, two and a half million dollars, whatever the number is, they're paying Edge a lot of money. I don't feel like in a company that's swimming in cash, swimming in Scrooge McDuck vaults of of gold coins mm-hmm. i don't feel like you should push someone just because you're paying them a lot of money and i'm fine with edge i like edge i've only seen one bad edge match in my life and it was the match with orton at wrestlemania <laughs> this year but uh my hopes of good matches or i don't i guess i should just lower my expectations like <laughs> If Edge comes back, he's going to cut some good promos. I'm not sure how good his matches are going to be at 46 with a surgically repaired tricep now or whatever. But, eh. I just... Randy... For years, I said Randy Orton was the best guy in the world. And (laughs) I don't know if he's the best guy in the world, but he was top probably 5 or 10. And now I just it we're at the point where it's been a long time since I've seen a good Randy Orton match, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, and uh-huh. and I'm not excited by any of this. Yeah, I mean, so the thing with Edge, if you're building to the old timer who had to surrender the belt, he was never beaten for his last world title, and he wants to come back and win back a belt he never lost, even though it's a different belt. Like, who cares? They're all the right. same, right? I think there's a story there, but to tell that story, you would want, I would think, a young guy like Drew, maybe, uh, <laughs> as the world champion. So it's the old timer coming back to see if he can still hang with the young guys and win a title he never lost. Like, that to me is an interesting story. The idea that Edge is coming back again to try to prove that he can still hang with young whippersnapper Randy Orton <laughs> is is not lighting my world on fire. And it's not because I don't think Edge is good or can tell good stories or that Randy Orton, you know, can, he can be entertaining, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's hard. It's hard to get excited about 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 that as a direction, especially because we've seen it and we saw the wacky, like super heavily edited uh, one they did the month after WrestleMania, which was fun and entertaining, but also edge tours tricep doing a reshoot for it. So like, what are we like? I think we've seen the best we're going to get out of edge and Randy Orton. So, yeah. So we got to see it again. Yeah. That's and then punishment must be more severe. Yes, and then the two wild cards thrown in here are The Miz with that briefcase and uh, The Fiend. Oh, yeah. The Fiend is going to feud with Randy Orton. Um, uh, Drew is still feuding with Randy Orton, apparently. And uh, we also have the battle for brand supremacy. 
coming up in November where all the feuds are put on hold and you, you just wrestle the other champion. Yep. Yeah, they already announced that it's Randy and uh, Roman. So, he, yes, he's feuding with two other guys and will be wrestling someone else <laughs> at the pay-per-view. Um, my favorite part of, of that fight, I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't watch all of Raw, but I catch up on the highlights. And so sure. I watched... I watched the Firefly Funhouse, fun uh, and my favorite part is because everyone likes to talk about how Bray's like, oh, he puts in all these Easter eggs and subtle things into his stories, and it's like the least subtle thing imaginable. Where yes. like Alexa Bliss mentions, like, I'm going to interview Randy Orton tonight, and they can't just have the the house on fire on the painting in the background. Like right. that would be subtle, and like right. Bray give a little look to the camera and then move on. It has right. to be he stands there. They put in the sound effects of a fire burning. <laughs> and then he literally takes like the crucifix thing that Randy put in the ground or whatever and beats the rabbit puppet to death with it. Because like their version of subtle is the least subtle thing <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> it's incredible. Like that's my favorite. That's my favorite slash least favorite part of all of this Bray Wyatt malarkey is that everything that is supposed to be like these subtle symbolisms and Easter eggs where they're hearkening back to past Bray Wyatt feuds and personas. It's always him taking a big giant hammer with remember this and <laughs> smashing me over the head with it. Sometimes it's literally a big giant hammer too. <laughs> yes. It has in fact, at least once or twice been a literal hammer. Yes. Well, on SmackDown, Roman is uh, still, the champion and the tribal chief and now like his cousins are his indentured servants i guess so i don't i never really understood that stipulation but they kind of threw in at the last minute there and i think that match might still be going on as well <laughs> there was some acting to be done, much like uh, last month's uh, Roman and Jay match. I guess that's my other thing too. Is like they just kind of did the same thing, but in a cage with a with a a slightly different stipulation this time. Um, yes, um, and I guess a slightly different finish because he quit to save his brother rather than his brother throwing in a towel for him. But um, I guess that's the story. Like the two brothers quit for each other. Um, yeah but also like what do you what do you do now like what well i guess roman gets to wrestle randy so you get a month off from having to try but (laughs) once that's done like they've seemingly paired off like daniel bryan and owens are like a team on smackdown um because that's what you do when you don't have any top baby faces you just throw a couple into a random tag team um this guy's been Vince has doesn't have the faith in that they're going to stick around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Daniel Bryan's literally going on talking smack and and, and talking about how this is it. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's about to hang it up any minute now. Um, so I guess maybe that's part of it. But like, right? They just moved the Ray and Seth stuff over to the other show, Ugh. so Ray's tied up. So like, I don't know who immediately you would pair with Roman with. Unless there's someone I'm just not thinking of, but uh, I guess I guess there's there's always the big E well to go to. Yeah, but he's just he's his big quest as a single is he's going to lose. 
Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> like Roman's not Roman's not losing that title anytime soon. Nope. <laughs> so. No, he'll lose to Roman at least three or four times, but then he'll win like the United States Championship or something, and yeah. will act like that means anything, and that's his big moment. Cool. So, do you think NXT is going to be involved in Survivor Series this year? I, I'm guessing not. If they're doing, if they're back to doing, because last year the three world champions didn't wrestle each other for whatever reason. They all had separate like title defenses. Yeah. So I literally think NXT was only involved last year because the crew was allegedly maybe held hostage in Saudi Arabia (laughs) and they panicked and went, what do we do for a show tonight? (laughs) And they're like, all right, NXT's in Survivor Series now. Like, which is also funny because it also led to like NXT's highest ratings since they moved it to Wednesdays. That's when they put AJ Styles and Becky Lynch on that show. But and also so, like the best episode of SmackDown ever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So they they could. I mean, I I would do it. It seems like it's again, it's a you know how much they don't like trying, and that's like a month off from having to try if you just. You just do brand stuff for a month, but considering NXT once again was not involved in the draft, although it seemed like they weren't sure until like the day of the show whether or not NXT was going to be in it, but it turns out they weren't. Um, so I don't know. Kind of seems like they're just they're just going to be left out in the cold this year. I think I think they're literally segregating NXT from the main roster. Because they don't want, they think NXT is a, like a COVID uh, uh, petri dish, and I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> no, I mean the Thunderdome has had its own problems with in that in that department, but I guess <laughs> less frequently than the Performance Center has. Yeah, so I think I guess that's the thought process there, but I, I don't think they. There's like blue and red and yellow all over the branding for the Survivor Series. So at some point, I think they planned on having NXT in the Survivor Series. And then plans changed. Yeah. I'll imagine that. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else do you want to get into here? Uh, Thunder Rosa. Um, apparently going to WWE. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, we talked about this a little bit off the air. So famously, they could have hired her like a year ago and didn't. Yep. Um, and when they did want to hire her, they offered her a position as a referee. <laughs> um, and then she was in the NWA for a while, was clearly one of, if not the bright, bright spots, brightest spots of that show. Um Mm-hmm. And then worked sort of that short program with Hikaru Shida and lost to her. And then it seemed like they were building to something else. And then uh, plans change. And then, yeah, Serena D randomly won the NWA title on a show no one watched uh, <laughs> Tuesday evening. And uh, so, yeah, it seems like we've we've uh, we've made, she's potentially moving on. And WWE seems like a likely place. Um, I, I'd like your take on this too. I don't think this is like a terrible thing for AEW. Like it's terrible in the sense that like, she's a really, she's very talented and it's bad that they weren't able to work something out, especially if her deal with NWA was coming due. 
But right. like, it's not bad in the sense of like, it's not like she came through, beat everybody and left. Right. Like she came in, she beat like someone who wasn't under contract at the time and then lost to the champ, to the, your champion and left. Like, it's not like there was some big unfinished chapter of the story that was yet to be written. Yeah, that that's, that's right. It's, it still comes off as kind of rinky dink to me to put somebody on your TV <laughs> And I mean, I guess to your point, I guess that story kind of did end because she lost to Sheeta and then she and Sheeta teamed up and beat Ivelisse and Diamante. And that was the end of the, the program there. So I guess it, it did come to its natural conclusion. But I still think between that and the Ben Carter deal where they put him on TV <laughs> couldn't pay him because they'd be breaking the law because they didn't couldn't get a work visa for him because why couldn't they get a work visa for him either they are inept or they didn't plan things out far enough in advance to be able to get the guy a work visa and then he ends up signing with WWE it just comes off as very rinky dink to me for AEW I mean, I think that's that's going to be like going forward. That's going to be an inherent danger of putting people, even if it's just AEW dark. Like, if you are going to keep using unsigned talent and just bringing them in for a show here, a show there, there's a chance they'll go elsewhere, uh, even if they don't necessarily sign. Like, uh, you know, Sugar Duncan, Sh- Sugar Dunkerton, uh, Pineapple Pete. It's just like an extra was just an extra on Raw for the last month, and like it wasn't like a big deal. There wasn't a lot of fanfare, but it was like a guy who was on TV and like did stuff with Jericho. Just suddenly wasn't on AEW one week, and he was just like hanging out Raw Underground. And I was like, well, that's kind of <laughs> weird. Because um, so yeah, it seems weird to invest anything. And again, Rosa being a special case because they brought her in is like, oh my gosh, this big star from another promotions coming in. And yes, like I, like we said, they did, they didn't have her run over everybody. And in fact, I don't think she beat anyone that was signed. Um, so it's, it's not that big of a deal, but yeah, it's still, that, I mean, that's a fair point. Like if you're going to use people that aren't under a long-term contract, like, yeah, WWE's probably going to go after them because they can. Um, so yeah, like all these people from Brian Myers and Pat Buck's school that are all over AEW dark, like, yeah, they're probably going to get calls in the next <laughs> little bit here. Um, so, yeah, like that's we'll see. But, yeah, that I think that's an inherent danger um, going forward is anyone, especially anyone that they think has any buzz or any sort of uh, potential. They're just going to hire them and throw them into the COVID center. <laughs> right. Or if Carter might even be stuck in like NXT UK. Like, like, they're just hoarding talent. And, like, that's what they can do. But it's so frustrating that they have all of this talent. And and we still got Randy Orton and The Miz on top. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I know that's that's, that's not going to change anytime soon. And it's uh, it's just so so frustrating. (laughs) Yeah, they have, like, more talent under under contract than any other promotion in history and it's just 
still got to watch the same guys we've been watching since 2003. It's, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Wednesday night shows this week. I, of course, watched AEW. I uh, thought it was a pretty good show. A lot of good wrestling on the show. Um, saw some of the wackiness going on on NXT on Twitter. Haven't had a chance to watch the show yet because we're recording right after. But what'd you, what'd you watch this Wednesday night? Yeah, mostly just AEW. Um, I also uh, I saw some of the stuff from NXT. It looks like there's some good wrestling on that show that I will attempt to check out in the next day or so. But um, I guess the, the big news was um, well, Gargano won the North American title. Um, I think they did a Ciampa promo, so I guess he's coming back and, and uh, yeah, they're, they're doing, they're, they're doing stuff. Uh, Pete Dunn. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> right. So we're going with, Pat it's Mac- November, so it's time for war games. That's right. Yeah. We don't do war games when it makes sense to do war games. We do it because it's the month that uh, changes from October to November. That's like the worst thing that came out of like that of the 2008 post like mini Cena boom to about the time The Rock came back and they had that like two year bump there it's like that maybe 08 to 11 stretch or so was Mm -hmm. wwe ripped off tna's concept of doing themed pay-per-views just to do themed Mm pay-per-views it's like the worst thing that came from that time period yeah i was thinking about that because there's many things that i i don't i just think well that's just part of what wrestling is now and it's not worth getting upset about but it is funny to watch like it's like well we have one faction on NXT, one four-man group. So let's just conveniently put together five weeks before the pay-per-view. Let's <laughs> conveniently put together a new four-person group to fight that other four-person group uh, every year, <laughs> like clockwork. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's it's just yeah. Right. The idea theoretically is like, oh, you do a cage match when there's been a lot of interference in a feud, and you want to have a match to settle it. LOL. That's not how cage matches work. You know, haven't have worked since like 1997 but theoretically that would be the idea like you do a stipulation because the storyline you've told so far calls for it not because it's september so it's time to do a cage match right <laughs> but oh well the, the good news is pete dunn uh is, is the star of every war games match he's in He's very good. Yeah, he's very good. It's, uh, yeah, a lot of the the only UK talent that they seem to actually think is worth a damn have seemingly made it, have made it over uh, and have uh, made it back to uh, Florida, Florida NXT. <laughs> um, so that's, yeah, there he's, he looks like he's in great shape and yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, I'm, there will be better, more good wrestling on NXT if Pete Dunn is uh, is around. So that's good news. Yep. And we got pretty much a full card for full gear. Uh Sheeta and Rose for the women's title because because that's Who pretty else? much <laughs> uh Moxley and Kingston. Kingston's promos every week are great. And I'm sure that those guys are gonna 
use blood and every weapon imaginable to have a good match. The Bucks and FTR, I don't understand the story of this match. <laughs> it, sh- it should just be, hey, we've wanted to f- fight forever, and now we're going to get a chance to fight. And instead, it's a lot of guys in their 30s talking <laughs> about their feelings. We're doing 12 stories at once in this Young Buck match. <laughs> There's, okay, it's the dream match, Revival versus Young Bucks, years in the making. Mm-hmm. It's... uh Matt Jackson has like a broken ankle. Yeah. Um, because the uh, FTR attacked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got that storyline, him going into the match injured. Uh, the young bucks are in their feelings, as you mentioned, and are reverting back to their old ways. Yes. Um, which again, if you're one of the you know million or so people who, who may, may watch dynamite on a given week after DVR and whatever, um, a hundred thousand of those people maybe have seen the old young bucks that they're referencing. Maybe a video package next week would be a good idea. <laughs> if you want to inform that story, like some, you know, I'm pretty sure they know a guy in PWG. They can get some footage of them being heels if they needed it. Um, but anyway, they're doing that. The young bucks potentially reverting to their old ways. <laughs> um, and then they're also now the young bucks are, I, th- I really thought they were going to put their career on the line or something, but they, they are doing much like uh, their friend, Cody. Um, <laughs> they are uh, also at full gear, putting their their future tag team championship opportunities at risk. As if they don't win the title, they vow to never challenge for the belts again. Yeah, a lot of stories. A lot just, of stories. Just all happening at once. Yeah. Also, them and Hangman make each other sad or whatever. So there's that. You know, yeah, yeah. Hangman's wrestling Kenny um, for the next title great, shot. I yeah. imagine. Yeah, can we try to parse out here who among the EVPs is still likes each other? <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite thing is when people start talking about this randomly. Cody just shows up on being the elite the next week to like right <laughs> calm everything down. <laughs> Right. With those rumors. Uh, no. Yeah. I imagine based on who inv- who is involved in each other's stories, um, Bucks and Hangman probably like each other. Yeah. Uh, I would assume Kenny is still in 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 the in that crew as well. So I think maybe just Cody and everyone else. <laughs> Interesting. Along. Yeah. Maybe just a guess. I don't know. And maybe it's not that they don't get along. They just have different. They have different visions, so they put tape down the center of the apartment, and they say, "You stay on that <laughs> side of it and do your little NWA tribute act, and we'll do. A, we'll be over here doing, you know, feelings whatever, and feelings whatever. and PWG and whatever. <laughs> whatever it is they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> All right, that's fascinating stuff to me. It is. It is really interesting how they just. <laughs> I just. It's like what, but what, what caused what 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 caused the the fault line there? Uh, I I would imagine it's uh, Cody wanting to. <laughs> uh, I think it's just they have different schools of thought on like what televised wrestling should be. If I had to guess, and seem to be very specific stories that Cody wants to tell and. 
it seems like maybe maybe the young bucks and Kenny like to play jazz and and Cody <laughs> likes to play uh you know classic rock. Yes. Yes, that's that's a that's a good word for it. Um and neither of those things are bad, but maybe they don't mix well together uh when the jazz musicians and the classic rock musicians both have equal say in the direction of the show. Yeah. I think jazz music sucks, by the way. Okay. Are we still speaking in metaphors, or do you mean actual jazz music? Um, I think I mean actual jazz music. No, I I mean actual jazz music. I think okay. it sucks. All right, noted. Maybe because I don't play music, and so the idea of like like to me the worst part of going to concerts is when like somebody breaks into like an eight minute drum solo or a or a four minute guitar riff in the middle of a song. It's just like, can you just play the song the way it sounds on the, on the album, please? <laughs> yeah, man, you got all these kids running around. It's a real, <laughs> it's a real shame. <laughs> to me, it's the worst part about going to concerts is the, is the music. <laughs> I wish they would just replay. They should just put the CD on the loudspeakers and stand there motionless while the CD plays and then go home. <laughs> if, if we if, if we can get it done in under ninety minutes, that'd be great. All right, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'm with you on that one. I don't need <laughs> I don't need three hours. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I forget what we were talking about. Uh, wrestling, wrestling. Doesn't, that's weird. Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I am losing my voice, and I don't have anything else I'd like to discuss. Is there anything else you want to get into? Just one last note on AEW. What the what? What are they doing with Orange Cassidy? What was what was the point? What was the point of him beating Jericho twice? Couldn't tell you. I really I couldn't know. tell you. Like I don't think it's the end of the world. Like it's not irreparable damage. But this feels like I think I said two weeks ago. This feels like the Evan Bourne push or the Kofi the first Kofi Kingston push. <laughs> like we give him a big win. We say, all right, he's a new guy. And then he just is kind of around. And then we slowly push him back down. You can see they think they protected him. <laughs> yes. But also I, I think they overestimate how much protection they actually gave him. I'm just saying like, and if you look at, and we don't, we don't do ratings talk here, but like viewership goes up when Orange Cassidy is on the television set most weeks. Yeah. Like there's something that attracts more viewers than are normally watching dynamite in the segment before he comes on. So maybe you got something there. You've already seemingly like decided he's a guy you're going with. Just, he should have just, beating Cody for the belt like <laughs> I was gonna ask so what's your vision here do you see him as a world champion guy or do you just do you I think, think yeah I think you could I think like what are, if, if you're if he's not a world champion level guy what are we doing like, why are we why are we letting him beat our top guy main eventers if if he's not gonna be a top guy main eventer that's a fair question it's one I really hadn't given much thought to mainly because they throw so much at you in those two hours and I'm furiously typing and trying to keep up <laughs> that none of what they do actually lands with me. <laughs> That's uh, fair. 
I just I just think it's like yeah, if you we've already done this, and he keeps, you know, you're right. You're you're quote unquote protecting him in these losses, but it's like what's, but what's the direction? Is he just gonna keep losing to? <laughs> To Cody now, like I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like again, it's not, it's not irreparable damage. You can fix this fairly easily, and they have a very forgiving audience. So it's not like if a guy loses twice, he's done for. I get that. I get it's a different thing. It's a different ball game. I just right. If you're, I, I just come back to that. Like if you're having him beat top guys and world champions, if your plan is not to make him in turn a top guy in potential future. TNT or world champion why did you have like what's the point <laughs> that's more than fair I think I would I would draw a line at the world title though I would say TNT title sure uh, I just I think maybe like it you got you got to be able to deliver in the ring <laughs> I, I think you got to be able to deliver in the ring and I don't think he can really like he does his few spots, but he's a character. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess, but again, I think it's a character that's resonated with people more than some of the, you know, more uh-huh. in the last year than Kenny Omega has, for instance. Oh, no argument whatsoever. So give him the TNT title and have him go out there and do a 20-minute match every week. That's fine. All right. <laughs> I, I just mean, I don't feel passionately enough to just, like, seriously argue with you about it. Oh, I just... I'm... I'm not even. I just. I. I don't see him as a world as a world champion ever. That's fair. But, but to your point, hey, if you're gonna have him beat Chris Jericho, you should probably experiment with making him a world champion, guy. right? Or <laughs> like, at I'm, least have an idea where you're going with him. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. My thing is because Tony Khan is like running a uh, Premier League soccer team and running the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. <laughs> like mm-hmm. does he do they have booking meetings like once every 2 weeks when they shoot these shows and that's the only time he spends thinking about <laughs> AEW <laughs> and so he forgets like oh yeah we've Scorpio Sky and <laughs> Sean Sean Spears have been feuding for 6 months. And we were going to do something with Scorpio Sky, and then we just forgot about him. Or, like, is, how do they forget about stuff? That's uh, I, I don't understand. That's a good question. You think you could hire a guy <laughs> uh, or a girl, and that their job would be so to remind the people in charge what they've been doing and what they seemingly were planning to do. A, a continuity person. Yes. <laughs> I, I would think they would have the money to hire someone to make that their job. Um, but apparently not. So, yeah, can, shows can feel pretty disjointed. I did like that this was clearly a tape show because they did like a three-week-old <laughs> reference to the weird lady who was hitting on the president at the town hall. <laughs> they did that like two full weeks after it was in the news. I which see. in this in this current news cycle is like ten years ago. Yes, um, I was so like, so much so that I didn't even get that that's what she was doing. Yep, yeah, it took me a minute when she said the thing about the smile. I was like, oh, okay. I again, but it's like if you <laughs> that was uh, ten years ago in 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 twenty twenty <laughs> weeks. So, <laughs> right. Hey, how about old Eric Bischoff uh, popping up? I like that he just shows up, says like two things, and leaves once every three months. 
I think that's probably the correct role for Eric Bischoff on your television show at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm supremely entertained by Bischoff, even though he's extremely problematic in a number of ways. <laughs> but like, I don't know if you saw any of his like some of the clickbait sites uh, this week where he made some comment about Bret Hart being bitter and negative and all that stuff, and was like really pushing pushing it on Twitter, and it's like so transparent that yeah he's trying to keep himself relevant and he doesn't know how. <laughs> yep. So he's going the, the cornet route, although hopefully oh. less racist. I don't know. His son has some uh, white supremacist kind of shirts on PWTs. That's, that's unsurprising. Not at all. All right. Uh, ready to go now? Yeah. <laughs> now that I've dragged us down... No. So far, so far, we can uh, we can begin to try to dig ourselves back up. It's a free flowing conversation. That's right. It occasionally touches on mature subjects. Mm-hmm. Did you see the photo of Becky Lynch today? By the way, the it was it like the her the so, was it like an actual so, photo or like the shadow or just whatever? a silhouette? Yes, yeah. looks pretty pregnant. Yep. Just once again, apropos of nothing, no one has ever asked me if called upon. I'm willing to raise that child as my own. Noted. <laughs> All right. So, till next time. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. If called upon, I will not raise that child as my own. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features. All right. I think that's I think that's more than fair. I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing with this bit either. I don't, it's good. Like I think it's good stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, sometimes we just throw things out there and, and we see what works. But that one, that one makes that. And when you keep saying you have a spiritual experience <laughs> when you hear Ember Moon's theme song, those are like two of my favorite bits. They changed her music. Apparently, oh, did they? I, I the, yeah, I barely watch NXT. I so. don't watch. I don't watch NXT, so <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. But yeah, they changed her music because that company hates me. We can't have nice things. I can't. I can't wait to see how they make Sasha lose this title. <laughs> I was. I don't. I was trying to think of like who's on that brand, and I was like, who's the dumbest? Like who's the stupidest possible person she could lose that belt to? Carmella, Bill, maybe. Billy Kay. Oh, Billy Kay. That's a good one. Yeah, I think uh, Billy Kay's the answer. So tell me about getting a COVID test. Well, let me just tell you, getting a COVID test is. A lot like being told it's like just you go into a room yeah yeah and they're like all right we're ready for you so you're wearing the mask you sit in the room like okay pull the mask down to below your nose say okay like we're gonna take this q-tip and shove it really far up your nose i'm like okay and they're like no 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 really far like and you need (laughs) to not like 
react like a, a thing is being shoved really far up your nose. Oh, okay. So they shove it up one nostril, and you feel it like touch your tear ducts. Ooh. Um, and they swirl it around, pull it out, put it up the other one, do the same thing, and Ooh. twist it and shove it. And then they pull it out, and they go, okay, you're done. And then you have a headache for two days. Or at least I did. <laughs> Maybe unrelated, who knows. But Do they, do they, um, I had a, uh, uh, camera shoved in my, uh, nose. Well, uh-huh. down, down my throat. I had my ear, ear, nose, and throat checked, uh, a couple years ago. And they... Uh, numbed the uh, the camera before they shoved it in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did they numb numb you at all? Nope. That's like terrible. the whole process is like three minutes. Like <laughs> like once you get inside the facility, it's like all right, we're ready for you. you. Walk inside, you sit down. They shove it up there. They give you a paper with like what to expect or or like what you should do, um, and then they say, okay, you're done. <laughs> Please exit through that door. <laughs> that's, and that's the end of it. So, and now I also went to like a, like a free clinic that was doing it. Uh-huh. It was like a mobile, a mobile thing set up in a parking lot in uh, the Aberdeen area. It's like on the, it's like on the site of where a new urgent care place is going, but it hasn't opened yet. So, uh. like we just, and it was free, and they had pretty open availability. Um, so. It was the closest and quickest place to get tested. Obviously, we didn't we didn't get the results until um, like Saturday morning, but it was yeah, it was something. I don't uh, you know unless you really think you've been. I don't want to say I'm not advocating anyone to not get tested if they want to get tested um, because that's you know that's not good advice. But also, I would just say just be prepared. However far you think it's going to go in, it's going to go in further. (laughs) Uh, And however unpleasant, unless you've already had some sort of experience like that. um, Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be just super unpleasant. And you may your eyes are probably going to water and then uh, you may or may not have a headache for a couple days after it. So. That's bloody terrible, man. Yeah. (laughs) But on the plus side, according to that test, I don't have COVID. So. So there's, there's like a sixty percent chance you don't have COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel slightly better about it because someone else in the household who was also the one who was directly exposed to it also tested negative. Right. So I feel like a one-two punch there, where it's like, what are you know, <laughs> you know, playing the uh, playing the roulette wheel? It's like, what are the odds that we would both, uh, you know, test test negative after you know going at basically the same time and. And all right. that, so you, I feel a little bit better at it having a couple of clear, you know, clear tests. But yeah, it's still, still one of those things where, like, you know, I have I have allergies, and so when I wake up in the morning, usually later at night, I my nose starts to run a little bit or starts dripping down my throat a little bit, and you start thinking like, uh oh, <laughs> hope this is just the thing that it always is and not something else. Right. <laughs> Something else terrible. Yeah. <sighs> cool. 
right. Well, talk about pro wrestling now? Yeah, I guess so. All right. It's important stuff. Mm, yes. Yes. Hey, how about Justin Turner? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what a I carny can't... show. Uh, uh, yeah. Ridiculous. Like, you, you had to, you had to figure like there's some real shady stuff going on here, but uh-huh. that's like super shady. So it was like, what was the first test was inconclusive? They let him play while the second test was still not <laughs> clear, and then it test positive. Like they took him out, but then also let him stay in the building and let him come out and celebrate with the team. Yes, no one stopped him. Yeah. Cool, cool, good, Great. good stuff. Everybody, everybody doing a lot of smart, cool things. I try to keep on keeping on.